having that mindset of I'm responsible of how this all turns out. Like, I know there are other things in play, but it's really about not only what I say, but what I do. Hey, y'all, and welcome to The Right Inspiration, a podcast from the Creative Writing Club of Full Sail University. We talk about writing, being inspired, and probably some other stuff, too. I'm Mikhail Rowland, a creative writing student at Full Sail and co-producer of the Creative Writing Club's podcast. In each episode, I and or my co-host Adam will have a guest on to talk about a specific topic or to share some of their own work. Or maybe both sometimes, who knows? We'll just have to see where this takes us, won't we? Last time on The Right Inspiration, we had Kirsten Queen Stacy Rowland on to discuss the importance of having discipline when pursuing your dreams. Continuing the conversation, we dive into how important accountability is in order to successfully build and create your dreams. How have you molded sound engineering to reflect who you are? Mm, I definitely would say that it ties back into uh, the etiquette part. I would say that for me, in terms of getting a job done, I'm very supportive to a lot of other people and a lot of other things, but getting better with doing it for myself. Um, But the sound engineering aspect of life kind of allows me to see like, you know, every single day I'm going to, I'm going to change this a little bit. Or I'm going to change that a little bit. Or I'm going to do this a little more. I'm going to do this a little less. Or, you know, this needs to be louder in my life and this needs to be quieter. Like, for real, I'm going to be honest with you. My schedule-wise, I, I don't watch TV before 6 p.m. Not unless it's like a sermon or something that's educational. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I choose to put work in those times because I I, I raise the the passion in music and art and creativity and the history and studying behind it a little bit more than I have, than I would have raised or, you know, placed little things like watching SpongeBob all day. Like I I ain't trying to watch SpongeBob all day or I'm not watching a full season. Not saying I never do because there are some days where I'm like, okay, well, I don't care. It's 4 p.m. Self-care is important. Yes, self-care is very important. But I also take the time to be like, okay, well, I don't need to be doing this. I could be doing something else. I can be Um, doing something more productive to enhancing myself so that I can have the life that I want because it's not going to happen overnight. It's really not. And as we said in the beginning, it's like, having that mindset of I'm responsible of how this all turns out. Like, I know there are other things in play, but it's really about not only what I say, but what I do too. Like if I keep saying, Oh, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. And I don't put the work in. I'm not going to be rich. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just have money. So right. like, cause you and can then, be rich in a mindset, but you can also be rich poor. financially in terms of exactly. You could be, yeah. you could be rich in a mindset and poor. And poor physically, physically. If you can choose to be both, it's about the discipline, the, uh, the discernment, of course, but also the ability to push past all of those things where it's like, all right, well, push past the comfortability, uh, you know, comfortability is where failure happens. Once you get comfortable and you stay there and you're not pushing yourself to become 
more you're not pushing yourself to be uncomfortable then you're not pushing yourself to change to become a better version and i wouldn't even say fully failing wise i would say learning a lesson but i would also say that becoming complacent is more of a a failing mindset because or gives more of a failing mindset because if you think about it being comfortable doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily stay comfortable, but right. choosing to be complacent allows you to understand that you're, you want to be here. Like we're right. trying to help people around you, trying to help you things around you are trying to help you, but you're just choosing not to move out of where you are. Right. Like, I feel right. like there's no way, like, I mean, cause I, I always try to be very optimistic. Um, and I don't think anybody fails. Yes. We learn lessons, but at the end of the day, it's like, you can choose whether or not whether whether you want to continue or you can just be complacent in what you don't like. It's all about mindset. At the end of the day, Absolutely. it's all about mindset. If you if you keep saying that you want something, you want a different life, you want a better life, but you're not putting any forth any effort, you're not trying to change your mindset, you're not trying yeah. to change anything about yourself to work towards it, you're not taking any type of baby steps towards that, then yeah. you're not, then you're not, you don't really want it. You're just saying it just to say you're it. Just being, yeah. And sometimes people just like to say it because they want to hear it be said and they want other people to think that, you know, oh, this is what I can do. I'll tell, I'll say it like this. Actions speak louder than words. I'm going to just say that everything's art and everything is a passion. And it allows you to kind of open up to that, that field of like, okay, well, if I do put in this, this much work, I can get out what I put back plus more. Right. So it's like, but that's up to, to you as the person, as the, the sole being of how far do I want this to go? Like, how big do I want this to be? Well, I want, do I want this to last forever or do I just want it to last for my lifetime? You right. know, like even right. just being in a sense of like, okay, well, how much do I want to create? And am I willing to put forth this extra effort? Because I could have stopped, I could have just moved to LA and that'd be it. That'd be it. But right. no, it's like, okay, now what are you pursuing? Because you're always, if you think about it this way too, it doesn't matter if you're moving to, to, to be a dancer in an industry, to be a lawyer, to be a, 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 a activist. I don't know if you want to just be a person. I don't know. But what are you pursuing? And not in a sense of like, okay, what are you actively doing on your day to day? What are you doing to get to the next step that's going to get you to the, the main goal? Like, what is that? What does that look like? Like, what does that entail? What is that? Does that, is that going to, is it, first of all, is it going to persuade you? But not only is it going to persuade you, but do you believe that it'll persuade the people around you, whether you know them or not? Like, just things like that. Because if you think about it, like moments of, okay, well, can I persuade myself that I can do this? Yes. So then why can't I persuade myself to take the next step? Like, again, perspective, how optimistic you choose to be, but it's like, Again, also putting in that work to do the self-care, to be in silence with yourself to say, hey, this is what I really want to do. And then and not also, automatically go tell everybody. Like, right. And also being OK with not being perfect. Yeah. And, you know, like Learning being OK go. with not being OK. Like, honestly, um, I, I forget what commercial is, but there's there's this commercial um, 
you know, a lot of people like stop themselves from doing things that they love because they're imperfect at it. They fail at it the first yeah. time. But, you know, like nobody walked on their first day. You know, we nah. all had to crawl before we started walking. So we couldn't even crawl at first. People had to exactly. Hold you know, so. you know, we couldn't even lift our heads up at first. You had you yep. had to first learn how to lift walk. your head we up, all wonky. up before you mm-hmm. can even start walking. Around, you know, and, you know, right. like. When you put life in anything that you're learning, anything that you're working towards, any goal you have, and you start putting all of your process into the perspective of your process as an infant, then you really start to see that, you know, it's not really like as cliche it is. It's not about the destination. It's Mm -hmm. about the journey because the journey is the destination. Every little baby step that you're taking towards whatever goal you have is the destination because you are actively creating it. How much do you let your environment impact your work? And do you find that you set trends rather than following them? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, I would say <laughs> my surroundings are definitely uh, very high-spirited. Everything, literally the house that I live in is called House of Miracles. So it's like just the people that not only just live in the house, but come in this house. It is a reflection not only of myself, but of what I follow in terms of uh, my spirit, my my faith and my spirituality. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think because of our sense of accountability for each other, it's like it allows us it allows other people to see us for who we are. But also in that moment, the same as before, seeing more than what we can see. And then also pushing us to that. So I literally surround myself with those type of people. But I will also say this um, in terms of the trending, like sometimes it's okay to follow trends. And the only reason why I say that is because in terms of relevancy, like you have to. Right. Um, and I'll say you for, have like, to listen work to wise, what people need and yeah. are requesting. Now, what you choose to fully give all your energy into, again, is up to you. But it's like, I would say that um, I don't have to I don't have to give my energy into, you know, hip hop music all day. I don't have to give my energy into pop music. I don't have to give my energy into rock. I listen to lo-fi. I listen to a lot of instrumental music Um, in terms of just getting a vibe or getting a, a sense of, you know, what I'm pouring into myself. And does that make me a trendsetter? I don't know, probably, because I feel like a lot more people now listen to lo-fi because I talk to them about it and I've produced lo-fi songs. Mm -hmm. So it's like now they have not only uh, a new genre to listen to, but they also have an example, a representation of, oh, okay, this is what I like to listen to, but this is what I also do. So -hmm. let me be a trendsetter while not setting, not not following a trend, but Mm -hmm. also allow me to be able to uh, connect with the trend that created you know the music the lo-fi the 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 hip-hop the pop like because if you really think about it everybody had to follow a trend to become a trend right like you can't so one point or another everything is recycled yeah whether you like and and you know save the earth recycle (laughs) oh yes we do need to recycle more people um but you know like um even as a writer and i know like plagiarism is you know, a big problem. You obviously want to give credit where credit yes. is due. But honestly, if you really think about it, it's really so hard to do that because 
literally everything that exists in the world today at one point or another was in the hands on some uh, of somebody else for example um like in islam um it's sunnah to uh put sugar in the roof of babies' mouths when they're mm-hmm. first born. And they've been doing that for thousands of years. But only recently, in the last year or so, has scientists actually um, scientifically proven the, the health benefits of preventing yeah. colic with babies by doing that. By so, doing like, that. you it's know, crazy. so, like, whether we realize it or not, it's basically like a really long game of telephone. Like if you really think about <laughs> That's it. That's so true. It's a really long game of it's telephone so because you may start at one point, but once you get down the line, it's com- it's something completely different. Yeah. It's something completely different. But they all tie into each other. <laughs> they do. They do. So how do you set yourself apart from the sea of other sound engineers? Um, I would definitely say my difference between other sound engineers would be my connections, uh, I choose to make a connection before I even place myself in the position. Because um, uh, in terms of like, to, to basically give a, a visual example, it's like a consultation. Um, I'm the type of person where I feel it out first. I've always been an observant person before I've done anything, mm-hmm. um, no matter what the circumstance was, because just as much as I'm going to give out, I want to know that the space that I'm doing it in is also being... Uh, it's receiving and not just receiving in a sense of, you know, my time and effort, but also receiving in, you know, what I, yeah. Like, can you understand how much I can do? Can you understand what my capabilities are? And if you can't understand that, are you willing to, uh, or if you can't, yeah. Like, can you teach yourself? Exactly. So, um, but I definitely can say that even just my my capability of adversity too, is just like, I don't, I've been in a point to where I'm using big words, but I've been in a point to where I've had to ostracize myself, meaning to literally separate myself from everybody else. And not in a sense of, you know, them separating me, but me separating myself from them, Mm -hmm. um, them being everybody like that allowed me to see the importance of, okay, well, I have to do this. So I know me first and not be on everybody else, because if I follow and try to compare myself so much to other engineers, I'm going to be doing what other engineers are doing. And if I want to do like, why would you want to buy? That's why it's not a competition between you and other people. It's a competition between you today and you yesterday. Exactly. Because if you think about it this way, like as an engineer and even as a musician in general, like, when you buy a DJ, let's say you buy DJ Khaled, but you don't get DJ Khaled, you get DJ Mustard. You don't want DJ Mustard. You want DJ Khaled. That's why he's the only person who can do what he does because of who he is. He like becoming Queen Stacy, becoming, you know, fully Kirsten. People who know me as Kirsten, you know, starting in church doing audiovisual and dancing. They know me as Kirsten. People in college from knowing me as Queen Stacy, you know, being the artistic dancer and, you know, working and DJing with my friends and, and at frat parties in college and stuff like that. That was cool. Like, and then now being Kay, the, the sound engineer, producer, you know, all those things in LA, like those things kind of came about in time. And it was 
And every single moment, it was me doing it by myself. And I have to say, you know, I chose, I didn't have people around me because I did. But like, at the same time, a lot of those you people around really me, I can't far. really trust. Yeah, like I, I, people in your family always tell you, you know, you don't got nobody else in the world. You got your siblings, you got your parents. Nah, people, if you don't got nobody else in this world, you got yourself. You. That's yeah. it. Like, I'm sorry. It's not even me trying to say you selfish or anything. It's just no. an acknowledgement. No, of, no, you're right. Actually, yeah, like, I read something that like really resonated with me. And it was like, it was basically like you are the only person that has been with you every single day that has been with you through every heartbreak that every time you broke down sobbing has been with you every joyful moment every betrayal you are the only person that has had to look yourself in the mirror and has had you it's not an option you have had to forgive yourself for things that other people may not because you have no choice you're yep. stuck with yourself. So Absolutely. like, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like in, in the end, like, yes, you, you have people around you some, uh, hopefully majority of people at least have their family to rely yeah. on. But realistically, you really only have yourself because you are the yeah. only one that truly understands all that you've been through, all that you've survived, all yeah. that you have dreamed, all that you have had to destroy within yourself, all that you have yeah. had to forgive um, about yourself, all that you have yeah, had absolutely. to confront about yourself. You know, like I, you're right. At the end of the day, it's only you. It's yeah. you can't you can't rely on other people to to help to you put to help you. to do it for you. They yeah. can't they can't do the work for you. They can't they can't go to therapy for you. They can't they learn the discipline for you. They, they can't really have can. the tough conversations for you. They can't always cook for you. They nope. like so you've recently embarked on a startup. What made you want to pursue co-owning your own company? Oh my goodness, I didn't know you was gonna ask me all of this. Yes, um, you did. I prepped you. I forgot. <laughs> um so yes, I did just recently do a startup. It is called Ignite the Fire. You can find it on Instagram at ignite.thefire. Um What's the process been like so far? Uh, I would definitely say that going back to literally everything we just talked about, um, the ability to create a resource for people who don't have resources. Like we grew mm -hmm. up, yes, we grew up around a lot of things and a lot of different people and we had resources, but like we didn't, we always didn't have everything that we needed. And unfortunately, I didn't really realize that until I got older. And that's mm -hmm. not in the sense of like, oh, you know, people didn't, they didn't do their part so we can get what we wanted. No, nah, it wasn't no, like that. It was just, just that, that wasn't we were allowed to yet. Yeah. Like we had to make that for ourselves type thing. There are um, limits to everything. And there's absolutely. only so much that people can do to help, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, I think um, just my experiences in LA, being able to trust people that allowed me to not only pick my partner, but, you know, the person that I know can do if something were to happen, you know, it's not just on me or it's not just on her type thing. Mm -hmm. And even just right now. Um, so to, to basically give an example of resources, uh, I am a photographer and videographer, but I also work in an art studio and uh, what we call is considered downtown in Los Angeles. And with the art studio, because I work there, the time that I put in for my regular hours has allowed me to have the resource of a full, you know, photo studio that is used for major brands like, you know, Gucci uh, shoots and Nike shoots. You just did, you know, something for Tiana Taylor. Like they recently just did it. And I was there for the shoot. I had to set it up. So it's like the ability of seeing not only the set itself, mm -hmm. but seeing what happens before, what yeah. happens during and what happens hour. You're after. getting all that 
has experience. Me. Exactly. And, so yeah. being able to not only have that resource, but share it to other people has allowed me to kind of not only just have make the space, but allow people to be free in that space and see that they have the access to it. Um, and just that. So, so basically to give some of a gist of what it is, it's like, um, me and her, me and my partner, she's a dancer. She's currently on tour right now. She's a dancer and um, she basically holds, we have a, a two-day weekend. The first night is a, a dance class. It's an hour of yoga and, you know, dance movement. And then the second hour is, you know, sometimes we learn a choreo. Sometimes it's just freestyling the whole whole night. Sometimes they don't do anything. I don't know. Um, but it's a variation. And then with me working in the art studio and knowing photography and videography and stuff, we set up, we try to set up a special shoot. And the photo shoot allows people to basically come into the space. Um, they, they purchase an hour of time to do whatever they please. They are allowed designers. We have a, a lot of local owned designers. Majority of them are black, but we have a local owned of uh a local roster, if anything, of designers who come to the set and they people can rent pieces for the shoot if they love the pieces or they can come in whatever they want to. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even if they like the pieces so much that where they want to buy it, it gives the designer now a, a sale. It gives them the opportunity to, to be get to more exposure work. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and every you shoot know, come together we, with like minded people. Exactly. Exactly. So, but only being able to open that space, knowing that the people that are coming into the space are not just worthy in a sense, but also understand the importance of why we're doing it. Because mm-hmm. we started this in LA, but at this point, the way the the way this idea has come about, uh, literally, has allowed us to extend it and expand it in ways that we never thought that we ever could. And just even in the the beginning and early and cocoon process of it all, it's like we're already seeing that it's already making a big difference. Like mm-hmm. the amount of people who that I see when I'm doing events and stuff now, like they hit me up and I'm like, yo, you do Ignite the Fire, right? Like, when is our next event? Like, what are you doing? Like, what? Mm-hmm. when's our next in-person? I'm like, wait, I really loved it that much. Like, when I tell you, we sold out both times and we just started it in February. We did February and March. We sold out both events. But we sold out both weekend events and it was like the first weekend was two days and the second weekend, I think, was no. Yeah, they were both two days, but we sold out both events for both of those days. So it's like just things like that. And it's like it's extremely crazy because, you know, it just it kind of gives a different perspective of even if I were to stop now, I could be complacent here. But because I know that I don't want to be complacent. I know I'm comfortable in this space, but I know that there's so much more that I have to do. Mm -hmm. I'm allowing myself to see that, you know. being comfortable here exactly exactly and being comfortable here is allowing me to see that whatever is possible is being molded in my comfortability and not in my complacency and allowing me to see that like when i'm done being when i'm done being comfortable when when i'm uncomfortable now it's time to level up because i've molded into what i'm supposed to be for this season this part this time this this uh this special moment if anything this uh beginning of a legacy per se Mm -hmm. Uh, and again just you know, we kind of get to points in life where we feel like, okay, well, this is all I'm going to be doing. So I might as well give it my best. It's like, nah, we, we have that choice to do more. Um, so I would definitely say that's what amped me to even want to start the process in general. Um, and I think that allows me to have something that will be go, it will go on forever and it doesn't have to be just me doing it. You could just inspire more people to to pick up where you guys are leaving off and and do other places for themselves. Exactly. And that's why we're we're trying to, you know, get to the point where, you know, we can 
have it all over the the country have it all over the world even like Mm -hmm. like you said we know so many people in different continents i'm trying to use the pictures in the continent okay like i'm trying to go to australia i literally have a guy bomb in australia i'm like okay well let's do a guy to fire australia we just do something everybody go surfing the whole the whole weekend i don't know like stuff like that even now as an adult not even thinking that i could ever think that far as a child people seeing that before me it's like, it's crazy. And that's the one thing that does suck about the whole process. The people that molded us to be who we are today aren't even here anymore. So the majority of them, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's, sometimes it sucks too because it's like, that just humbles me to the point of you really have to do it for yourself because it's like, sometimes you won't always have that person right there to say congrats or right. good job you, or I'm proud of you. There are so many people that I wish that I could still like say thank you to that are no longer yeah. here because- Honestly, I know that I would not be here if they had not spoken into me, if they had not yeah. molded me, if they had not pulled me to the side and and gave me a reprimand with love. You know, like it it really does matter. And it can be people as close to you as a parent, but it could also be people as far away from you as a stranger. Like um, yeah. I was just telling um, Tiana, like I've really been thinking about all of the random strangers that have really <laughs> yeah no honestly like especially when That's like so i started true. like uber and lyft honestly there have been so many drivers that have spoken into me mm-hmm. and the moment and they they don't know how much the like the precise moment when they're saying the things that they're saying how much it impacted yeah. my, my journey and how much it it motivated me to keep going how much room do you think sound engineering has to evolve now that it seems like everybody is doing it? Uh, I always think that everything has an ability to evolve more than what we believe that it'll be. Because if you really think about it, as we said, everything, uh, your, your physical body evolves every seven years. So if you think about that, every musician, every, uh, every artist, every physical painter, every, uh, you know, uh, doula they're going to learn new things within birthing a new project in terms of uh everything so i believe how sound is with technology new technology new artists different ways of how they sing how they provide uh software different things like that allows me to know like where one area is getting higher the next area is right behind so Mm -hmm. i feel like there's there's always a lot of room to grow um it just depends on the the transition yeah yeah the yeah who's growing it and the transition of how they're choosing to grow it yeah all right in your own words how would you define sound engineering music and instruments or instrumentalism Mm, how would I describe it? Basically, like this. When which one are you describing first? Uh, oh, I had to describe all of them. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> sound engineering, I'll do first. Um, describing that would basically be you hearing a distorted video and for lack of better terms, nitpicking at everything until you can hear it clearly. Okay. That's what it, it the least easiest ex- uh, example or description. Uh, musician, as a musician, how would I describe that? Feeling, always feeling. Uh, because when, as an artist, we create different things that sound perfect to us, but will sound crazy to others. But 
there's as a musician, you hear things that people are never going to hear until it comes together. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just having the ability to play one instrument, but hear a whole band behind it when you're playing it. Uh, I would describe it as that. So me being able to just kind of take one band and make it one sound. But yes, but literally not like <laughs> one band, me being one band of a person and creating one sound of an experience as a musician. Okay. Um, I don't know what you said is the last one, but I guess musician instruments, and instrumentalist. Instruments or instrumentalist. Kind of the same thing. It, go, it would go into the same thing. Music and instruments, the same one band, one sound. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. In the sound engineering process, what can affect how you go about creating a song or the outcome of your finished piece? The cooperation of the things that go into it. So as an engineer, we are responsible for one thing, and it's to make things sound good. As a musician, we are responsible for one thing, to make things sound good. So if you really think about it, if the artist is not giving their all, I can't give my all as a sound engineer, because now I have to push further and hire to give something that is not really supposed to be coming from me in the first place. You know, mm-hmm. so kind of like that. All right. Um, as a sound engineer, how do you go about choosing your instrument selection when engineering? I guess it depends on the vibe that I start. Majority of the time, I usually go with, uh, in terms of musician, like if I'm producing something, um, as an engineer, I'm going to start with the major instruments I hear first or the major cadences or loops that I would hear first. So if I want a pop song, I'm going to listen to something that has more upbeat feeling to it. Um, But I'm also going to choose to tap into, okay, well, I need to adjust the drums more. I need to, you know, the singer is not hype enough or, you know, just I don't have enough vocals to kind of make it a choir sound. So the, the imbalance allows people to see like, okay, well, this is what I need to do more of. This is how, where I need to tap in more to, I guess, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, it does. Okay. As an independent artist yourself, how do you decide which songs to sell and which to keep? I would say it's based off of my experience in life in the moment. Um, I know a lot of the art that I create, I don't know if people know about Erica Badu still, they, I hope they do, but she basically came out with a song in the beginning of the song it it talks about her artistry and how she's sensitive about it Mm -hmm. and if you think about the sensitivity of art and the passion and the things that you do um i would just definitely say that that's like that's the importance of it that's like yes you're when it comes to art nine times 9.5 times 9.9 times out of 10 art is more of a feeling than it is a um not like scientific like science yeah, it's with not science, something you just you have it's all facts it's all yeah. knowledge but with with music with with any type of art um art artists put themselves into their art they have no choice but to put themselves into the art because they're coming from their perspective of life um yeah. that's why artists are really sensitive about their stuff because it is it is it is essentially a piece of them being yeah, being publicly produced for people yeah. or published. Yeah, and that and I think that's the important reason of why not all of your art needs to be released. Sometimes you just need it for yourself until you feel fully comfortable and healed, even mm-hmm. to release a piece of you because 
sometimes even when you release things, there's going to be so many things that are either going to be for or against it. Like everybody can't be satisfied all the time. So you really do have to be in a place where you can you can uh, receive criticism and not let it take you all the way downtown. Okay. How does your sound engineering process differ when you're working alone versus when you're collaborating? Um, I would definitely say I, I criticize myself more when I'm working alone because only I, again, I'm only, I'm going to be responsible of the outcome. Like I I'm only going to know, okay, well, if this isn't mixed or mastered, right. Then that's on me. Cause I'm, I'm the one responsible for the job. But when I'm collaborating with other people, I allow different, it's like I have a second and third opinion on your side, um, allowing you to see that somebody else has a different perspective and then they can help you into that and understanding, okay, well, this is why we collaborated because we needed more than one perspective on this part of the job. Uh, what would you say is the hardest part of learning instruments? The hardest part of learning instruments is consistency. I'm like, I'm not even kidding. It's the consistency because if I, if I can really be honest, learning one instrument is a lot, but learning like five is like way too much, but learning like 10 that, it's, it's, it's really chaotic because All if you really once. think about it you have to learn not only the music the instrument itself but you have to learn the music you have to learn how to read the music you have right. to learn how to adjust and not every instrument is on the same um it's not and uh, what's it called the bass trap uh the bass, bass trouble yeah, and the because right. uh, people people think that you know oh well there's more than one clarinet in the band just because there's more than one clarinet doesn't mean we're playing the same notes right it's a bass clarinet i'm not going to play the same thing that an alto clarinet or uh, the sheet uh, music is not going to look yeah, the same we don't exactly this this sh- oh that's a word sorry the sheet music does not look the same okay it basically allows you to even if you are playing the same you can instrument. be in the same song and be on different cadences but it right. matches perfectly so it's like that's just how it is yeah um what kind of hiccups can occur during the learning process of a new instrument um definitely copyright people trying to basically plagiarize over things that you made and then create it as their own um as well as just the inability to know how far and how how long it'll last how far it'll go and how long it'll last. Because even as an artist, especially as an independent artist, um, royalties basically meaning uh, the the way you get paid is is gonna be based off of the sales that you give every single month, every single year, every single week. How has your instrumentation changed and or progressed over the years? I would say um, my ability to be more disciplined with studying and choosing to focus on one thing at a time. It's clearly not the best always, but, you know, the ability to now do it because before I was not always the greatest, but Mm -hmm. structuring discipline, definitely. What are some exercises that you utilize to strengthen your sound engineering skills and to maintain and grow your instrumental knowledge and expertise? So, yes, I listen to a lot of artists, um, any different artists that I already love. So um, Demi Lovato is one of them. I listen to her producer, Oak Estra, but also Kehlani. She has the same producer. Um, Some other producers that I know of, like my own friends, listening to how they create their music and um, not necessarily comparing, but allowing myself to see a different perspective of the same art, uh, per se. So, yeah. 
what are some of the myths you've had about being a musician or that you've heard that you would myths. like to dispel? Myths. Um, uh, there was one person in my family who would constantly tell me that I would be a street artist and I aspire to be a street artist, um, mostly because I watched a lot of street art growing up, growing up. So like seeing different producers and um, like different MCs and stuff like that, when they do a lot of their art on, they started on the street. Mm -hmm. So I would always think that it was a good thing. But because of this one person, they would always tell me that it was a pipe dream. In a okay. sense that they put my, it in a negative music. connotation to it. Exactly. So basically they they allowed their my big dream allowed their small mind to see that street art was a pipe dream and not a reality. And if it was a passion that I started to lose faith in because of those things. Like there was something that was even stronger. It was like the pilot started to go out uh, or started to lower, but it never went out type thing. So just yeah, that I feel like that was like strongest myth of all time okay um do you have any myths that you'd like to dispel as well dispel meaning uh get rid of let people know that's not true um just because you quit everything in life to become a singer a dancer a painter something that is not corporate basically even if it is corporate like when you choose to sacrifice one thing, it'll then replenish in more ways than the thing that you really wanted to. And that will always be the case. Like basically meaning what is meant for you will never miss you. What is meant for you will always be for you. So even if it feels like it doesn't work out the way it's supposed to, maybe that was for a reason. Great. So I feel you like know, that's definitely a myth that's always, that always needs to be disposed. Um, so what would you consider a great score and what would you consider an impactful score? Uh, in terms of songs? Yeah. Like mu musically. Like, so when I say that, when I say great, I mean like, you know, something that like everybody would love, you know, you, you're going to end up on pop culture or something. Mm -hmm. And then when I say impactful, I would say something that you personally would con consider great, but because um, and it's most likely because of your expertise as a musician and a sound engineer, but mm -hmm. the general pops, uh, population wouldn't necessarily consider great because they don't have the ear to hear what you're hearing. Right. Um, I would definitely say great score would be great score. I would say. Um, I mean, you know me, I, I very do much love. Demi Lovato. So uh, I would say score wise in terms of a great song uh, would be Sorry Not Sorry. And basically the reason why I say that is because the way the song was created was based off of negativity in the first place. Um, and not even to say like, oh, the song is supposed to be negative. It just means that something was that was perceived once as negativity or negative was mm -hmm. then switched to a positive outcome that not only got, you know, views and money and such like that but it also allowed people to have a more open way of saying i'm sorry about something that i really should not even be sorry about in the first place mm -hmm. um and even just within the cadence of making the song like the the uh the producer oh he presented an idea 
that wasn't even liked in the first place. But when he changed the cadence of the idea, it was now a new perspective that then became the song that it is today. Right. Um, so that is a great score. Now, an impactful score, I always say Marvel. And the reason why I say Marvel is because if you watch any Marvel movie, it does not matter what is going on. You always know when there is about to be a good situation, a bad situation, a crazy situation. Yeah, whoever does the scores for Marvel, like my my anxiety, they control my emotions. Exactly. (laughs) Marvel scores control my emotions. (laughs) It makes no sense how all of the Marvel movies are just ridiculous because it's like that when you think about it as a composer like whether you're making music that has lyrics to it whether you're making you know a movie composure or a movie scoring or a commercial scoring it has to have a story without a story mm-hmm. because you have to be able to, to uh, technically verbally tell people without any lyrics how what's happening what's the feeling all of that yeah exactly and it's like even as an artist and um just a person all in general you know we all watch tv we all watch you know uh movies we all listen to music we watch concerts we you know see so many different things so and yes even in video games like like i i love video games like gaming is really cool but even just the sounds in it like every time i hear a we i don't even think people know what Wii's or like nintendo gamecube sound like anymore but I the do. entrance of those songs like it, it wasn't even a song it was just a jingle like <laughs> if you whenever exactly <laughs> like and it made the nintendo Nintendo cute and you right. knew at the end of it it was about to be a little well, you cool. heard that ding like, that that little like knew. like you knew like I forget it always sounded like a stamp when Nintendo would come exactly. on exactly <laughs> so like a stamp um, of approval and, I, and even just with that like the reason why I got more into movie like wanting to learn scoring too was um to give like a brief example was because I actually played the timpani when I was in high school <laughs> I've been the timpani for jazz band and regular band and like I don't know if anybody has ever like if you look up the instrument a timpani, the majority of the majority of the time they're used for uh, movies. When you uh, think about it, this because Whole think about this, like, everybody's Whole, seen like, Hunger Games, classical. Uh, yep, everybody who has seen Hunger Games, it's literally Hunger Games catching fire. They are the entrance to all of the the uh, the legends, the legions, the the legacies, the uh the chapters whatever they are called uh the people who are going for their 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 city their town their district um all of those legacies are entranced with a line of timpanies and when you think about it that is the only sound that you see there there isn't really many horn players or anything but Mm -hmm. the base of the entire structure of that part of the movie was the sound of a timpani they do that in black panther so exactly i was about to say black 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 panther is made by who marble so i'm like (laughs) it's the connection but so yeah yes (laughs) all right so final questions um do you have any advice for any sound engineers or instrumentalists getting started out there professionally um hold your own and respect your craft for yourself first um, the reason why I say hold your own is because when we end up in industry, we want to do any and everything. We want to be a part of everything. We want to have access to everything. We were like, all right, well, I want to go to this party and do this thing and do that. Like, 
hold your own when you're doing all those things too. Because just as much as you want to be in those places, you have to be one in those places as well. Like you can't, if you go to a party and you weren't invited, it's going to be weird. People aren't going to want you there. And you have to be okay with that. But also just understand the importance of like, well, this is my responsibility to know that I'm supposed to be here, whether I was invited or not. Because unfortunately in Hollywood, there are things like that where, you know, sometimes you're not invited invited to a party because you know somebody is trying to minimize how much they know you can be grown just from this one thing, just from this one moment, this one event. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, just industry, but I just feel like everything in general, like in terms of experience and my, my experiences with being in LA and in industry and doing things within music, like Mm-hmm. you just have to respect that. Um, and also in terms of respecting your craft, respect what you're willing, going to, back to that, what will you put out and what will you hold on to? Like respect what you want to hold on to. It's not your responsibility to do what everybody likes, likes that you like. Again, unless you are under a signed contract, that is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of being an artist, if you don't want to put something out, don't put it out. Just because, you know, oh, you did a good rap song doesn't mean you have to be a rapper. You can be a singer after that and vice versa. You don't have to, you know, like people who I'm seeing a lot of sports people change sports. People who have started as basketball players and football players who are now golfers or swimmers or, you know, doing gymnastics, like stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. And even just me, like I know me personally, one day I plan to become a, a NASCAR racer. So, yes, music is going to be life, but at the same time, knowing that there is also a bigger role and I can do other things outside of what I'm doing on my day to day right now as well. I don't have to be just in this one place. And I can respect the fact that, you know, when I'm ready to move and when I'm ready to switch, or I'm ready to do one thing that something somebody else doesn't want me to do. That's on me. I'm going to be responsible of that, you know, outcome, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. And then are there any projects, independent or collaborative, that we should be on the lookout for? On the lookout for, yes. Um, Ignite the Fire is possibly going on a tour. So um, we do have on our page, we will start to post more about any upcoming events. Um, So that will possibly be reaching states like Atlanta, Texas, uh, Jersey, uh, New York, Maryland, Florida. Uh, Connecticut awkwardly which is hilarious I love Connecticut so the edges of the the U.S. basically all of the places in the U.S. Um, (laughs) that um, as well as uh, not necessarily music but music and poetry okay will be released soon so yeah Mm -hmm. you guys you can look queen stacy or her company up on instagram at kmac that's k m as in mary for the number four c c or at ignite the fire that's ignite dot the fire and on her website at queen stacy dot dot com forward slash queen slayer um, and she does spell Stacy with an X, so that's uh, Q U E E N S T X C E Y. Gotta make it because I don't know if y'all ever heard of the show Extra, but I really love that show. So you know, Extra <laughs> is what I gotta be. Okay. And then, although uh, currently on a hiatus, she also has a podcast out called on a good day available yes, on compatible listening platforms and linked on her website the links yes, to her I social do. media will be posted in the description below 
All right. Thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate you uh, taking Thank the time you for to having me. Let us in on, uh, you know, the intricacies of being a musician in this crazy world. Listen, it's a great lifestyle, but hey, somebody's got to make the score. Right. The Right Inspiration is presented by the Creative Writing Club at Full Sail University. This episode was produced by Mike Kyle Rowland and Adam Lupiani. Our logo was designed by Raven Brinkley. Thank you for listening.